This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Um, there actually are no chimpanzees in this image, but I wanted to start with it to remind you, as both of our, our previous speakers very nicely and eloquently um, told you, humans are hyper-cooperative. And um, in addition to the many ways in which we depend on cooperation, including for the construction of auditoriums like this, um, we also have what I think is compelling evidence for an increase in meat consumption from the paleoarchaeological records starting by about two million years ago at, for example, this site of Kanjera South or uh, several sites in Kanjera in in western Kenya um, where there's good evidence for hunting of small to medium-sized antelope at about two million years, and then later at Olduvai and other sites in East Africa, further evidence for an increase in meat consumption, including um, that image in the upper right there of a recreation of presumably Homo erectus, um, butchering a very large animal, in that case probably scavenged, not hunted, but, um, and then we have chimpanzees. And chimpanzees are, along with bonobos, the closest living relatives of humans, and they eat more meat than any other non-human primates. So humans eat the most meat of all primates, but chimpanzees are a are second by quite a distance. Um, And when they hunt and succeed, when they have meat, another resemblance to humans is that they typically engage in meat transfers. And I use that term rather than they share meat or food sharing because um, we might want to reserve sharing for peaceful exchanges of meat, but meat is not always... Individuals who don't have meat don't always get it peacefully. Um, There are are various um, categorizations of food transfers, and this is most of one that Andreas Yegi and Karl von Scheich used a few years ago, in which they distinguished, first of all, forced transfers that involve aggression, so meat theft um, or prey theft, and then um, a transfer that happens, but it happens passively, which is to say that someone possesses meat and someone else takes some of it peacefully or maybe with some uh, minor aggression and resistance um, and some degree of tolerance, varying degrees of tolerance by the possessor. Um, and then there's what they called reactive transfers, that is someone possesses some meat and um, someone else requests or begs for meat and the possessor then makes it available by something like that. And then there's really true proactive sharing where um, someone has some meat and of its own accord offers it to to another individual. And um, here you see a sequence of um, an attempt at getting a passive transfer. Um, this is an adult male chimpanzee at Ngogo who is in possession of about half an adult female red colobus monkey. And this is an adolescent male who is hoping to get some of that meat and very patiently sitting there like this, afraid actually to try to touch it. Um, um, he did get meat eventually, and in fact, um, eventually the adult male handed him a piece of meat. 
Um, just to, com- to complicate matters slightly, to simplify matters slightly, I'm just going to talk about active and passive sharing. So active sharing or ac- active um, transfers, um, the possessor actually offers meat to someone else, and passive transfers, someone has meat and allows someone else to take some. Um, but then I'll complicate things slightly by talking also about what I call co-feeding, where someone clearly controls some meat. In this case, that male controls half a blue monkey. Um, here, this male controls an adult female red colobus monkey. And there, that male controls this yearling red diker. And as long as they have firm control, they are comfortable letting others take what they want. Um, so make contact with the carcass or with the, the meat package, even feed from it directly or tear pieces off, um, so long as they don't try to take the entire thing. Um, there have been a number, I, sh- I should say first of all that when it does come to the question of why do chimpanzees hunt, I think as Ian explained, um, they hunt because meat is good food. But because meat is nutritionally so valuable, that then opens possibilities for meat to take on social importance. It may be that actually transfers don't have great social importance, even though they involve social interaction, um, because what's going on is that someone, again, has meat, they are trying to eat it, and someone else is trying to get some of it and harassing them, and they can, the, the possessor can improve usually his foraging efficiency, his ability to use the meat, by simply giving in to the pressure and allowing someone else to take some of it. Um, also, um, there are diminishing returns to someone who has acquired the meat and perhaps has a large amount of it um, and has already been feeding on it for a while when someone else comes along and asks for some of it. It's also possible, though, that meat assumes an important role via exchanges, either meat for meat, so if one chimp has meat now, today, and allows someone else to have some or even give some to that other individual, then in return, again, usually he will be able to get meat in the future when they don't have some and the the recipient does. Um, And it's also possible that they exchange meat for other things, notably grooming um, between males especially, and also uh, coalitionary support between males. And then there is this idea that males could exchange meat for matings with females. And in that case, transfers are, to some extent, actually contingent. Um, They're made selectively to certain partners and then received in return selectively from certain partners. These are not mutually exclusive possibilities. And in fact, from based on what I see in GoGo, I would say that sometimes individuals get meat by harassing whoever has it, um, and the the chimpanzee being harassed might try to avoid the the beggar, um, but eventually just gives in, allows them to have some meat. Um, But um, that does not rule out the possibility that they also use meat strategically as a kind of social tool. Um, Clearly, the recipients of meat get nutritional benefits from obtaining it. Um, The question here is, do the donors benefit from allowing others to have some of the meat? And if it's a question of tolerated theft or harassment, the benefit might, again, simply be that um, 
I have some meat, and by allowing someone else to take it, I can now utilize what I have more efficiently because I don't have to deal with the harassment and possibly the risk that if I don't allow them to, to have it, um, they'll try to steal all of it. Um, when it comes to possible social benefits, again, um, there are various possibilities. Reciprocity in meat transfers. So, um, one so pairs of individuals um, showing some balance in how often each can get meat from the other when the other has meat. Also, um, Male chimpanzees resemble humans in that males and, and differ from almost all other mammals in that males form very strong social bonds with each other, and they depend on each other. They, they cooperate in various ways. They also spend extended periods of time grooming with each other, and grooming provides hygienic benefits. It also can provide other health-related benefits via its calming effects. In addition, um, males sometimes form coalitions with each other to back each other up in contests with third parties. And when they do that often enough and reciprocally, we call them allies. Um, so here, for example, you see two former alpha males at Ngogo who were each other's allies for a long period of time. Initially, he backed him up when he was alpha male. And then when things had switched, he way up backed up Bartok, who had replaced him um, with one intervening male as alpha male. Um, so males need social partners in contexts other than hunts or meat-sharing opportunities. And um, they need partners for grooming. They need or certainly can benefit from having partners for coalitionary support. And all the males of a given community are allies with each other against outsiders. And relations between neighboring chimpanzee communities are intensely hostile, which is a topic for another talk. Not all partners, um, not all potential partners, are equally valuable. And we could expect that male chimpanzee psychology has been subject to selection for tolerance generally, at least towards familiar male chimpanzees, and for higher tolerance towards valuable partners. And that would then provide a basis for selectively transferring meat to valuable partners. It might sound a little strange to talk about male chimpanzees as being tolerant, but again, compared to males in other mammals other than humans, um, they are. Um, and this is an intriguing um, indication that desperately needs replication, um, that there is something going on socially. A paper by Roman Wittig and colleagues that came out a few years ago in which they managed to get a small number of urine samples following meat transfer events, and they did assays for oxytocin, um, which is a hormone that is arguably involved in social bonding, in reducing fear, in and potentially promoting cooperation in various ways. And they found that um, oxytocin levels were higher after meat transfers than in other contexts, including even when individuals had been grooming with each other or than when they had been feeding socially, that is, in a group with other chimps, but no transfers of food. And the, the authors here proposed that sharing of food, and this was not just meat. In fact, they had few cases of meat transfers, which is one reason why this needs replication. But they proposed that sharing food um, is, can provide a basis 
for cooperation. Alternatively, but um, not mutually exclusively, it could be that we find that close social partners get food from each other relatively often, but it's just because they're more comfortable with each other, so um, someone is more likely to a- approach a meat possessor if he already is a close social partner, and then via harassing the partner or tolerated theft, get some meat from them. If that's the case, though, we wouldn't expect to see variation in begging success as a function of partner value, nor would we expect similar variation in active sharing or in the amount of meat that beggars inquire. So I'm going to take us now to Ngogo for a while. Ngogo is one of several research sites in Kibale National Park in western Uganda, at three of which there are chimpanzee research projects. And in Kibale National Park, there are seven species of diurnal primates, not all of them shown here, um, and also small forest antelope like red diker. All of the animals in this image are prey for chimpanzees, but as Ian told you, mostly they prey on red colobus monkeys. And this is results of about 2,800 some bouts of begging. That is one individual trying to get meat from someone else and in most cases actually succeeding, in a great majority of cases, although there's some interesting variation. For example, females are less likely to get meat from males who are the major possessors than other males are to get meat from them. And sometimes a um, transfer is made because someone steals meat from someone else, so theft. Um, what stands, and, and in most cases, it's passive transfer, so that's what's been reported for other chimpanzee sites. But one thing that stands out here is that quite a few of the transfers are active. That is, someone else, someone offers meat to someone else, and they could choose not to do that. And when I looked at the results of all the attempts to get meat and then put that together with data for a given study period on how much grooming the possessor got from whoever was begging for meat, it turned out that um, the likelihood of getting meat went up as the amount of grooming that the possessor was receiving from, not at the moment, but in general from the beggar went up. So more likely to transfer meat to main grooming partners um, than to other males. And this doesn't look so dramatic, but I'll make a more dramatic point in a moment. Um, Males are also more likely to allow their allies to have meat than they are males who are not currently their allies. Importantly, they're more likely to give their allies meat than they are to give other males meat. Um, So this is the big difference here, active sharing, um, much more common between males who are allies of each other than between males who aren't. Also, um, males who groom meat possessors a lot are more likely to get large shares of meat from them. And a large share is kind of a funny, uh, fuzzy definition, but a small share would be a small piece of a, of a carcass and maybe just a small scrap of meat. A large share would be something like an entire limb or half an adult female red colobus monkey. Um, and actually, transfer of large shares is quite common at Ngogo. Again, they go more often to top grooming 
grooming partners than to other males who are not top grooming partners. And um, they particularly go to allies. So again, this difference here, um, fairly close to half of the bouts with transfers um, between allies involved one male getting a large share of meat from the other. Um, and it's a considerable amount in um, other bouts also, but not so common between males who are not allies. Back to females, and there's a lot more to be said about females. I'll just briefly cover this one hypothesis, which has been called, for better or worse, meat for sex. Um, and um, I don't have time to go into the details of the chimpanzee mating system here. It's quite complicated. Um, but most mating takes place in situations where a female is sexually receptive and is with multiple males and has an opportunity to mate with all or most or all of them. And it doesn't make any difference whether a female is sexually receptive when it comes to the odds that she gets meat from males. Um, this is new data from Ngogo, but it, it substantiates what we've, we've already said about Ngogo and what Ian and colleagues have said about Gombe. Um, so um, just to tie together a few things here, um, that I think makes it clear that data from chimpanzees don't support arguments that meat provisioning formed part of hominin male mating strategies prior to substantial increases in hunting and meat consumption and real dependence on meat consumption um, for subsistence. More importantly, though, I think that chimpanzee hunting and meat sharing, despite all of the differences from humans, some of which, again, we heard about earlier today, um, do tell us and probably have something important to tell us about the psychology of tolerance and cooperation that underlies obligatory hyper-cooperation in humans. So, thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.